This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with the App Show. Mike Eggerbo here with John Beeler. We are Canada's number one app and mobility tech radio show heard across the country. Today, we've got a great uh, program. Uh, we will be uh, talking about some of the new Apple announcements this week, some really cool uh, gear, some new iPads, uh, iPhones, and new computers and monitors uh, as well. We'll also be uh, talking about Russia and uh, how it uh, deals with software piracy. Not the same as we do here. And uh, we'll be telling you about a new new uh, game, kind of along the Wordle bent, but Hurdle. More audio. Yeah, there's a lot of Wordle clones. Yeah. This might be the funnest one I've found. You've tried it? Yes. Okay, and you like it? I like it a lot. Okay, well, we'll be talking about it and why John loves it. But let's get to some of the, uh, I guess, some of the uh, the mobile and, uh, and app news that, that uh, is out there right now. Uh, this is interesting uh, for the folks that use Tinder. Uh, many, many people do. Uh, Tinder users can now run an in-app background check. <laughs> Which I, I would imagine be would be handy. You used Tinder, right? I did. Yeah. Yes. Did you like it? Uh, yeah. 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 I mean, it had its moments. It's like a dating app. Well, it is a dating app. Yeah. It's probably one of the most well-known ones. Yes. It's also known as a hookup app. Yes. People use it for quick encounters. Yes. <laughs> That's a good good way to describe it. But it's interesting, though, that there you have this ability to do a background check. This is only for Tinder users in the U.S. Um, they've partnered with a nonprofit that runs online background checks called Garbo. And they basically said this background check will just be relevant to the user's safety and will exclude some information such as drug possession and loitering charges, that kind of stuff. But, you know... It, it, I wouldn't want to be a, a female and using these apps because there's a lot of guys that do really awful things out yeah. there. And you just don't know who you're dealing with. You're dealing with complete strangers. Yeah. You're not. But do you think this is going to help? Like, I guess this is to weed out the violent what? and sex offenders. Yeah. Although that's probably not the, the worst kinds of people that they would get. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it just depends on what information is out there. This person could be a first-time offender, and then they just get a bad date, right? Like, yeah. So you you don't know, but it's just kind of interesting that um, you you get two free background background check searches, and after that, there'll be two fifty plus a small processing fee per transaction. Uh, after that, yeah. So you know, if you're done chatting with a person, and you want to actually meet in person, it might be worthwhile. Sort of like just getting that extra little double check. That's a low bar, right? $2.50. Like, yeah. I'm sure that if I was a woman, I would check everybody. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. I would, and I'm a guy. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think that's a good tool. So it'd be interesting if they can have the same type of uh, system for Canada. So we'll, yeah. we'll have to keep on, on top of uh, that. Okay. We're talking about some of the app and uh, mobile news here. This was a big thing. Uh, you know, I read about this, but I, I don't know how relevant it, it is to like just normal consumers. But uh, Samsung has confirmed that hackers compromised its systems and stole their Galaxy source code. So this is uh, the source code for their their mobile phones. Well, the the thing about source code, it makes it very easy for a very dedicated hacker to find exploits. Yeah, if they can see how the thing was made, because normally now for a hacker to find an exploit, they have to basically reverse engineer 
uh, the software and systems that are on these phones looking for exploits. If they have access to the full source code, they can find, I mean, it's, it's not unlike the Death Star plans. They can find that one little vulnerability that uh, could make that particular phone platform very vulnerable to malware, Trojan horses, all kinds of different nasty things. So do you think, so there's a lot of Samsung Galaxy phone users out there. Should they be worried? Uh, no, because a this would take a bit, quite a bit of time to go through. The source code's not, you know, it doesn't just say, "Hey, here's a vulnerability." Like you have to really understand it. And the fact that the so much of this data was stolen, uh, it's about a terabyte of data that was taken, apparently, um, uh, including schematics and the source code uh, from chip giant Nvidia. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, sorry. No, the same group. Yeah that did the Samsung hack also hacked NVIDIA. Okay, so that's that's another big deal. Right. Because there's like a good chunk of not just phones, but PCs and other devices that have embedded NVIDIA chips, cars. Yeah. Have that. Yeah. God, you can't keep anything secure now, nowadays. Like, think about if Samsung can't keep that stuff secure, how does a normal person keep their stuff secure? Yeah, no, and just to clarify, there was a 190 gigabyte torrent file that included all of the source code. So anyone could get it. The bootloader of all the recent devices, as well as code related to the biometric authentication and on-device encryptions for their phones and tablets. Well, it's not good. No. Well, well, we'll keep on top of that story as it uh, as it develops. Uh, this is interesting. Android. It's got a feature. Android's archive feature will partially uninstall apps until you need them again. Yeah, this is a great feature that Apple's been doing for a little while. Um, but it, it, you know, basically, it makes it really easy for you to save and shrink any unused apps up to 60%, so you get all that space back. Okay. So, I mean, your phone could potentially run faster because you don't have, you have more free space on your phone. But I wonder what info it's keeping. <laughs> I guess any personal info or uh, like data relevant to what you've done with it so far well it's not uninstalling it right so so it just makes it easy and and generally user information in some of these platforms or some of these apps would be very small compared to the actual app itself but you know it's just a nice little feature it might make your phone a little snappier but you'd have to have an internet connection if you wanted to run that app again because it's going to have to download that stuff again i imagine well it sounds like they're just archiving it and basically what they're doing is they're um just sort of compressing it. So it might okay. actually still be on the device. You might not need to be, like you're not re-downloading it. On, on Apple, you are re-downloading it in most cases. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, talk about this. This is a little gadget, John. Uh, the Pop pop Grip Jump Start. Yeah, I, 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 I thought this was really kind of interesting. Although um, some people might be concerned about the size. Pop sockets are very popular. Yeah. Everyone, I see them so often now. These are the little things you put on the back, like a little circle yeah. that pops out so you can put your fingers in to grasp the case. Yeah, so you don't lose, you don't, your phone doesn't fly away. I've seen, like my girlfriend has the Pop Socket wallet. Oh, okay. So it, and she's got the MagSafe one, so it just sort of clicks to the back of her phone. Yeah. And it has like three of her most used cards there. But this is basically a little pop socket. Actually, it's not a little. It's a slightly bigger and more um, elliptical than a, this pop socket circle. It has a battery pack. Okay. So you, you basically can pop open the little uh, built-in cable yep. to charge your phone. Okay. So... It's just it's all there. It pops open like a pop socket still, so you can still put your hand in there. But it's a little bit bigger. Yeah. 
So kind of an interesting design. You get a 2200 milliamp battery. So, you know, basically maybe half a charge on some of the bigger phones, maybe a full charge on a smaller phone. Cool. Yeah. Talking uh, all mobile and uh, app news right now here on the app show. Google's uh, releasing an open source tool to protect journalists from harassment. And this is, I think this is a, an important tool, John, because, you know, sometimes we cover controversial things. People have very strong opinions and we get flamed. They come at us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like we don't hide on the internet. No, no. They and can find us. Very easily. Yeah. Even if we're not part of the conversation. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, John, I am so surprised at like how, I don't know, opinionated and how forceful people are on certain social platforms like Twitter. You know, there's some really kind of, crazy people out there yeah that <laughs> i don't know how else to describe them no because you we've both had some pretty interesting conversations with people based on contents of our shows yeah and so google they've uh, got this new tool that lets uh, journalists basically uh identify and record posts block uh you know certain posters you know people that are posting things to them or about them and uh hide replies on their tweets as well yeah, because sometimes that can be the, the most damaging kind of harassment is people have no trouble apparently going after you personally, whether it's your appearance, how your voice sounds, yeah. all kinds of like unrelated to the context of the thing that was being discussed. Yeah. So being able to hide that stuff and block them with one tool, I'm all for it. They uh, released the tool on International Women's Day, citing the uptake of female journalists' online abuse. And yeah, like if you read anything into like, you know, these online trolls, uh, and it's sad, like they do go after women. A lot. A lot. Yeah. And I I can't even imagine some of the the crap that they have to read and and go through. And it's it's just interesting because it doesn't even matter if you're a journalist or not, online period. If you're a female, you get a torrent of abuse. Yeah. I see it on TikTok. I see it on Twitter. I see it on Instagram. And all they're doing is posting a photo of their cat. Yeah. And then you get these idiots all over that. Right. Well, hopefully tools like this make it uh, a little bit better. It's a step in the right direction, I think. Yeah. You are tuned into the app show. We have a lot more to talk about uh, coming up. We'll be chatting about some of the new Apple gear that uh, Apple has announced. Uh, we'll also be looking at Russia and uh, how they deal with software piracy. And uh, finally, we'll be telling you about a new game. If you like Wordle, you might like Hurdle. Kind of more of an audio version of that uh, very popular web-based uh, game. Yes. I know you love it already. You're listening to the app show here on the Chorus Radio Network. We'll be back after this. You are back with the App Show. Mike and John here. We've got uh, one of our good friends and contributors, Robin Kavanaugh, in studio with us. Uh, just covering some of the Apple announcements uh, this week. Uh, if you hadn't heard, they've uh, launched some uh, new PC gear, new monitor, iPad, and some even uh, some new phones. Thanks for coming in the studio, Robin. Oh, thank you for having me. Okay, so a new Mac computer, mm-hmm. monitor, phones, an iPad. What was your favorite out of all of those? Out of all those, um, I say most surprising, new computer, the Mac Studio. Yep. My favorite though is the new iPad Air with the M1 chip. Okay. Yeah. And why is that a big deal for the the tablet people out there? Yeah. So the M1 chip is basically it, it came out I think 2020, and it was the most powerful chip Apple had ever put out to date. Yeah. Um, and they put it out in their uh, their kind of their 
computer lineup, it's still there. And so now they're putting it into consumer tablets, which is nuts. So this is like, aside from the iPad Pro, this is probably like the next most powerful tablet you can get. I mean, when you look at the power in this iPad Air with that M1 chip, it is more powerful than most of the Windows laptops that are out there. You stick a keyboard on this thing, and it's got the smart connector, the magnetic keyboard attachment. Oh, yeah. This is a, this is a laptop replacement, isn't it? Genuinely, yeah. If you yeah. want to edit video on this, edit photos, if you want to do any sort of like 3D work, you could do it on this. And gaming. Like, this thing yeah. is great for gaming as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know, and I don't think you guys do either, but I'm curious where this would sit compared to like the latest gen Xbox or PlayStation 5, like as far as power, because this seems like it's pretty crazily powered for what it is. The, obviously the games might not be exactly the same in there for that, but the mobile space is the probably the busiest and most profitable space for the game companies. Oh, true. I mean, you have like games like Fortnite is on there. Call of Duty just announced that Warzone is going to be ported to mobile soon. Like, That's a big deal. That's a huge I mean, deal. these are high intensity 3D games. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'd say this iPad will no bother play them. But uh, so but I think the one thing with like PC gaming is you got a mouse and everything. I guess you could hook up a mouse to this, but is, is it the same? Oh, you can hook up an Xbox controller. Yeah. yeah. Like natively. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. It's just Bluetooth. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so this is your portable Xbox or PlayStation, really. That you can probably actually buy because you can't get an Xbox or PlayStation. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You could just have this in like Xbox Game Pass and you could use the cloud gaming. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So... Okay, that was your first. What was your second favorite? Probably the studio? That I think is definitely the studio. So this is a, a new computer. It's like a square little box, kind of the size of a Mac Mini. Yeah. yeah. Basically, just they've chunked it out and just uh, put an insanely powerful chip in there. Yeah. Um, so it, it's called the M1 Ultra. and it's pretty, That's the chip. That's the name of the chip. But we should say that's an optional upgrade. Yeah. The base model is the M1 Max. Max. Yeah. Um, but it's still a crazy powerful machine, mm-hmm. and we get all our ports back. Every single one, HDMI, USB-C, USB-A, Ethernet, like, it has everything. It has use. Ethernet. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. See, but that's it's interesting to me, guys, because every everything had been going, got to make it as thin as possible, right? Yeah. I remember my first MacBook I got, it had one USB-C port. <laughs> one. Right, yeah. and that I had to use that for charging. I had to use it to hook up like a mouse or keyboard. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And I hated that. Welcome to dongle country. Yeah, like yeah. so, you have all these things like snaking off this dongle. But now it looks like people want their ports, and they they don't care that it's thick. No, and and that it's right to do so. Like ports, ports are life. Yeah, we, we saw it. ports are life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we saw it back in um, October, November when the MacBook Pros were announced, and we saw that they had the HDMI port back. We had the SD card slot back. And now Apple will just like keep pushing it. Yeah. I'm excited to see what the uh, next iMac is going to have. The 27 inch? Yeah. Hopefully that's got some more ports back again. Ports are good. Mm. Okay. And so what about the phones, guys? So they have a new iPhone SE. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the last SE came out in 2020. And this is like their sort of mid range. And well, they're, they've kind of did a big move and put the current chip that's in the uh, iPhone 13 into this one the a15 bionic yeah so that is a power like i mean that's one of the most powerful chips in a smartphone right now 100 percent. and they've put it in this entry level iphone yeah and so uh, i think we got the price wrong on our get connected show we did yeah and and not in a good way um it's actually cheaper than i thought it's 579 canadian canadian for the 64 gig 
That is amazing. That is wild. And for like that, like that powerful. <laughs> it's almost a yeah. burner phone now. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, considering like these phones are like 1500 to 2000 bucks now, right? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, so you're getting this smoking fast phone and the camera? Camera is, you only get one. Yeah. Yeah. I okay. think it's just 12 megapixel. So you're not going to get. But for people phone. that want to spend that much, that's probably oh, all they need, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's still a fantastic camera. Oh, it's beautiful. It's going to have the same, like, the insane image processing power, like, abilities that the current iPhone has. Yeah. Yeah. So 579 for an iPhone. You can't go wrong. No. Like, that's that's a shot across the bow of all these cheap Android phones yeah, out yeah. there. Well, especially because they have the payment plan for uh, these devices now, too. 25 bucks a month. 24 bucks a month. $24 a month. Yeah. For an Good. iPhone SE. Yeah. 64 gig. That's not bad. How that's long? Insane. Is that, like, two yeah. years or something? I think, no, I think that's... Is it 12 months? No. Wait, but that means that plus a data plan. Yeah. You're paying like $75 for an insanely good phone. Yeah. That's not well, bad. Yeah. And and the big thing, I guess, for John, it does that does that one come in green? No, the SE doesn't come in green. Oh, that sucks. Oh, but updated yeah, to 13. Yeah. So the 13 now comes in green. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. that's all John cares about, green. <laughs> well, I have a green case for my 13 Pro Max. You, you would never know it was blue underneath. <laughs> Just like me. Okay. We are going to have to take a break. Uh, when we come back, we've uh, got a lot more to talk about here on the App Show. Uh, we're going to talk about software piracy in Russia. And you would be surprised at how rampant it is, or maybe not surprised. We'll uh, talk about uh, uh, all that. And uh, we're going to be talking about a new game. If you like Wordle, you'll love Hurdle. Stay tuned. You are back with The App Show. Mike and John here. We still have uh, lots more to talk about on the program today. In the next segment uh, after this, we'll be talking about a fun new game called Hurdle. Kind of like Wordle, but for music. And you're loving it. Yes. Let's talk about uh, Russia now and software uh, piracy. Some interesting uh, numbers here. Uh, A 2019 survey by uh, ESET Software, a Russian software distributor, found that 91% of Russians prefer pirated content, with nearly 20% saying that they had installed cracked software. And the most cited reason listed by uh, 75% of these respondents was that the official versions cost too much money. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta, think things cost money. You got to pay for those developers. Uh, but now we're seeing, uh, I guess, another development on that. So obviously there's a lot of software piracy in, in Russia. Uh, now with the current conflict in uh, Ukraine, a lot of American, company, American companies are... Not even American. But just yeah, worldwide companies uh, cutting off business ties with Russia. This would be Microsoft. This would be Apple. And Visa, Mastercard, Google, Google. So you've got all these companies, and especially software companies, uh, basically saying they're not going to be selling their hardware or software there. Well, there's no payment mechanisms for them to do that because their rubles worth true. nothing as well. That's right. And Mastercard and Visa won't do business with them. So I guess there's a lot of PayPal happening. No, PayPal's blocked too. Oh, they are. Yep. Okay, you're one step ahead of me, John. Uh, so. This is interesting, but, uh, you know, Russian law uh, basically allows for the government to authorize, without consent of the patent holder, the use of any intellectual property in case of emergency related to ensuring the defense and security of the state. I don't even know if they even have to enact that law. No, because it sounds like it's already happening. (laughs) Yeah. But... And they haven't ha- they haven't enacted this yet. This is something that apparently they're mulling, and that uh, one of the Russian newspaper business newspapers, uh, business newspaper, 
one of the Russian newspapers uh, is basically talking about uh, with an attorney who specializes in technology law, who's who's basically um, taking a look at this and realizes that th- this is very close to happening because of the fact that they're so cut off. Yeah. And basically, Russia has much bigger things to deal with right now than pursuing you for ripping off Microsoft Office. Yeah. Did they in the past? Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. Um, and apparently any move by uh, Russia to seize intellectual property would exempt Chinese companies. Uh, Which is interesting. Yeah. Well, I guess China is still not on board with sanctions like a lot of other countries uh, around the world. But this is an opportunity for China. But I wonder how that will play into, like, as the U.S. and other countries try to squeeze Russia, uh, if if they feel that China is exploiting that, and why wouldn't they, by selling more of their gear and software to Russia. But China doesn't have a great track record either of being uh, anti-piracy either. Yeah, I'm just wondering if, if the U.S. will take extra steps against companies that sell to Russia. Yeah. Like Chinese companies, by cutting them off. You know how they did with Huawei and not allowing them to use Google, yeah. Android. Yeah. Right? Well, I think we're seeing that because so many things are tied either to a payment system, some type of cloud-based system. You know, all these things need either access to the internet or access to a payment system. And both of those avenues have been closed off. So I guess what makes this uh, difficult or, or good, uh, a lot of the software we use now is SaaS or software as a service, cloud-based software. So things like Office 365, you're not even really loading these programs onto your computer anymore. You're using them off the internet. Yeah. And that's, that's harder. You can't crack that, really. No, but there is standalone versions that... Yeah. It might be an older version. You might not be getting any new updates, but there's always a way for people to get illegal software. Yeah. They can circumvent things. And it sounds like the Russian government's not going to get in their way like they would in other jurisdictions. Yeah, I just I wonder how this is going to affect a lot of the tech companies and the tech software companies out of the U.S. through this craziness that we're going through right now. You know, China, there's been, you know, trade issues happening there. Now, Russia, this whole thing is insane. And they're cutting off ties. Like, those are big markets. Like, China, just by their sheer size, they they purchase a lot of gear. Like, they buy a lot of iPhones. They buy a lot of Microsoft Windows. Yeah. To run computers. Yeah. And so you you got to know that this is forcing a lot of these companies to start developing their own technologies and operating systems. I mean, that's what Huawei's had to do, mm-hmm. right? With, yep. with, um, with their hardware and smartphones and, and computers. Um, so, but that's, that's a huge revenue stream for Western companies, don't you think? Like that's, like China is a huge region for Apple. Yep. Like it's multi-billion. Like that's going to hurt their bottom line. It's going to hurt everybody's bottom line, I think. Yeah, no, it, it, this isn't good for anybody. No. But at the same time, for China, um, sure, could they close off their whole country? They could, but they they need that money, right? Like all those chips that they can make, they're not. They got to go into things that, yeah, people here in Canada and Europe and United States buy. They're not willing to stop that yet. No, they're just not. Or could they? Well, financially, no. It would no. it would cripple them. Yeah, but I don't think Russia's in that same. No, they've already become a, a you know a. 
the bad guy. Yeah. But they don't have the same type of tech and tech manufacturing and innovation that like China has. What's the population of Russia? I, I think it's near the U.S. I think it's like in the 300 millions, maybe so 400 million. It's yeah. not insignificant. No, but again, yeah. there's some brilliant Russian software developers and, and mm-hmm. what have you. But again, when it comes to a lot of the, uh, the hardware, I, I think they're not as far advanced no. as China and the United States. I could be wrong. Yeah. I'm sure I'll hear on Twitter <laughs> if I'm not. But um, yeah, it'll just be interesting, like how much of that squeeze, like right away, you know, all these tech companies cutting off business ties with them. It's not going to affect them in a big way in the short term. Not in the short term. No, but yeah. in the long term, will it? Well, it depends on how long this conflict goes on, though, yeah. too. Like already, we have a chip shortage here. We can't get cars. No. We can't that, get computers. Yeah, the pandemic and everything else sort of yeah. really. Can you imagine what that's like in Russia? <laughs> yeah, it's not it, good. It, no, it's not. Anyway, we'll be following that uh, story and, and seeing uh, how that uh, evolves uh, over time. When we come back from the break, there's a new game to uh, take up your time. If you liked Wordle, you'll probably like Hurdle. Stay tuned. We'll tell you all about it. Back after this. You are back with The App Show. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. We're going to talk about a new game that uh, a lot of people are getting addicted to now. I think Wordle was a big one. I've kind of dropped off. I was playing it religiously day after day. You had to guess the word of the day. Yeah, I still play it. Do you? Yeah, I every fun. day. Yeah, it's yeah. it's my wake up on my with my phone kind of thing I yeah. do every day. But I found something new that I'm totally addicted to. It's called Hurdle, and it's spelled H E A R D L E. Okay, so it's like Wordle, but you're guessing songs. Here, dull. Hurdle. Yeah. Uh, so I've tried it. It's hard. It, well, it's, it's a challenge, and this is not unlike those, uh, those uh, radio contests where they'll play like a clip of a song, yes. and if you guess it, you win like $10,000 or something like that. So how many, you get six tries. Yeah. So what happens is they've taken the song and they've chopped it up into little slices, not unlike Wordle where you have six attempts at it, and they're going to play uh, a small little clip of, you know, less than a second. Yeah. And... If you get it, you just start typing and you can try to find the artist in the song. You need to know the artist and the song. Okay, that's hard sometimes. It is. Yeah. Because I actually, uh, the, the clip we're going to play is from a few days ago. Okay. And I I knew the artist immediately because I recognized the hook that, uh, that <laughs> we're going to play. and um, But I didn't know exactly what which song it was because this person is fairly prolific and they have a lot of songs that are very popular. So uh, I'm going to just play it. Okay, this is the first attempt. First First attempt, yeah. I just hear a crap. There's not even music. No, it's the it's the very beginning, but at the end of that, that's the start of a guitar strum. Can okay, you do it one more time? Okay, so if I if I had no idea what that is, what what are my options? So basically, you can try to guess, and if you don't know where even to start, there's a skip button. It'll add one second. Yes. So you'll get another additional second. I'm going to do that. Okay. So this is adding a second to the song. Yeah. Okay, but when you skip, that counts as a guess. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So this is basically, now we're in the second slot, and the goal is to get it as early as possible. Yeah. This particular song... I don't think a lot of the audience will know it. I think they will. Okay, so skip another. I'll skip another. So now we've got kind of like two and a half seconds, right? We've got three seconds. Three seconds, okay. 
it's a very See, I, I don't know the song it's a fairly new song yeah uh, it's a very big song on TikTok. Yeah. Uh, and it's, uh, it's, it's Little Nas X. That's what I want. It's the song. But, okay, but add another second. Okay. Okay, so now we've got four seconds. One, two, three, four. Okay, so I'm going to skip again. <laughs> okay, now, now play it again. Still don't know it. So by that time, like if you, if you're familiar, even remotely familiar with the song, you'll probably, hopefully, get it. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, if you are familiar with, like, little... how successful are you? Well, I've only played it a couple times. Okay. I just discovered it this week. Okay. The first time I played it, what song was it? Uh, it was Outcast. So you got to be kind of up on the new music. Well, Outcast isn't new. Okay. I mean, it's not Dean Martin or no. or Sting. Well, it, I don't know. Could be. I've only played it a few times. Okay. I'm excited to see where this goes. I'm not always going to get it. Yeah. But it's a super fun way uh, to sort of see how... It, it's amazing because sometimes you can tell an artist by literally a drum hit, guitar... Because they've got a style. There's a very signature sound that some of these artists have that if you know, like I knew the first second of this because it's it's a very common intro on TikTok that I've heard a billion times. So they have one of these every day, just one. Just one. Just one. Yep. And so we haven't pissed off anyone because this happened. Yeah, th- this this th- th- this particular one that we're listening to is from a few days ago. Okay. Yeah, Good. It's, fr- it's from Thursday of this past <laughs> week. So unless you have a time machine, you're okay. We're talking all about uh, the new game Hurdle. Spelled H-E-A-R-D-L-E, like here, dull. Here, dull, dot app is the website. Very cool. We're going to have to take a break. What are we talking about when we come back, John? You've got some DIY stuff again, right? Kind of, yeah. 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 Remember Vectrex? Oh, yeah, the video game system that had vector graphics. Yeah. Like kind of asteroids and Basically a built-in screen. Yeah. And we'll talk about why that was important back then, too. You're listening to The App Show. Back after this. You are back with The App Show. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. We're going to talk uh, about another one of your uh, DIY projects. You're really into getting these uh, special emulators and, and building your own tech. What, what are we looking at now, John? So back in the 80s, a company came out with something called the Vectrex. I wanted one. I could never get one. I had one. I loved it to death. It was... It, back then, most people only had one TV in your house. Yes. So if you had a game console, like an Atari, you had to fight with your dad and your sister about who gets to watch TV whether it's a TV program or play the Atari. Yeah. When and you would lose. Always. Yeah. <laughs> but when the Vectrex came out, it was the first video game console that came with its own screen. Yeah. It was black. Yeah. Yeah. And it had these little Mylar colored screens that you'd put onto the front of the display, which was just a black and white uh, vector display. Yeah. And it took cartridges that came with a really nice little joystick that sort of folded up into it. Explain vector graphics. Like, like an oscilloscope, yeah. If that resonates with anybody, yeah. Um, basically, it's it's just drawing light. lines, white lines. Yeah, it's not super high res or anything yeah. like that. But it was a really great little system because it had that old CRT side of yeah. kind of look to it. It had a really nice bassy speaker in it, and it had a really great little joystick with four buttons. I almost want to go on eBay and buy one. I have two. No, I do. Do you? Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, 
the whole point of this conversation is the fact that uh, some developers in Australia came out with a cartridge called Pytrex, which I just ordered from a, a website called tindy.com. Great site if you're looking for any kind of cool uh, tech DIY projects. It's kind of like Etsy for nerds. Okay. And so this little thing uh, is a cartridge for the, the Vectrex. It has uh, basically a, a, uh, a way for you to attach a Raspberry Pi Zero, which is the little tiny, uh, it's like half size of a credit card uh, desktop computer. You plug that into it. So you have to have a Vectrex. You have to have a Vectrex. Yeah. So basically, this all the games are available now, and they're basically what's called abandonware. They're essentially available for free, and so they've created this this software that you put onto a Raspberry Pi, you plug it into this cartridge, and then you plug it into the Vectrex, and it plays all of the original Vectrex cartridges, but any of the arcade games from the era, Tempest, Battlezone, Tempest. Scramble, all those, like there's a whole bunch of them, they also emulate those, like MAME, natively on the Vectrex hardware. Sorry, do you, you have Vectrex? You have two? Yeah. Do they work? Yeah. Do you know how much they're worth? I'm just going on eBay right now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they're like thousands. Yeah. Oh, I hate you. Yeah. Because I just wanted to go buy one, you know, if they had them for a couple hundred bucks. Well, here's the crazy thing. I bought one of mine at uh, Value Village. Oh, some some mom probably cleared out her kid's closet. Yeah. And I bought all of it for probably about 30 bucks. Yeah, you can't get you can't get one for less than $1,000. Yeah. US. Yeah. Most of them are like going 3000 Yeah. Well, that's what they're asking. That's not what they're getting. But yeah, they're worth a lot. Even more, like I don't have the boxes or anything, but I do have a lot of cartridges for it. Yeah. And I have all of the uh, Mylar covers and I have multiple joysticks for it. God, even the cartridges are like... Yeah, yeah. Oh they're super rare. Okay, so but so this little Raspberry Pi thing, you can put it's, it in a special cartridge and have all the games. It's a multi-cart basically. Yeah. Um, but it runs the Raspberry Pi software on the Vectrex, which is crazy. Okay. So there's all, all kinds of like... Um, uh, homebrew games and apps that people have made for it. Really? Also, oh, you can get new games. New games, yeah. Oh, that's amazing, John. Yeah, I'm going to bring it in. We're going to do a segment for for the TV show and, the, and oh, YouTube. We should do that on global TV. Yeah. Oh, that would be cool. Like yeah. old retro games. Yeah. And then people will wonder where they can get a Vectrex. <laughs> <laughs> Come on down to John's garage. <laughs> Five bucks a play. Uh, we've got a... Obviously, uh, a, a lot of fun doing this show. We also have a, a sister show called Get Connected. It's uh, kind of uh, all around tech, smart home tech, everything, smartphones, computers. It's on weekly on the Chorus Radio Network and also up on our website, getconnectedmedia.com. Uh, you can get the podcast of it there and also the podcast of the app show as well. And we've got lots of great videos happening uh, as well. We just did that live stream of the Apple event uh, with uh, yourself and Robin. Yep. Uh, so you can check out the YouTube video of that. Yeah. Robin just did a great video about all about 10 things you probably didn't know your Apple Watch could do. Oh, a lot of people have Apple Watches, so. Yes. Go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com. All the info is there. I want to thank all the folks that helped put the show together, like John and uh, Robin Cavanaugh as well. We'll see you again next time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.